In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Gary Fikirian. I'm Dwayne Feenstra. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Let's see, we'll just start the conversation right about here or so, uh, unless I want to leave in some embarrassing stuff from before. Uh, <laughs> Most of which was typed. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the transcripts would get us in trouble. Oh, man. So it was only toilet humor, literally. <laughs> uh, we're, we're with Dowd and Dwayne right now. Corwin's nowhere to be found. Uh, yeah, they decided to have the two West Coaster, two of four West Coasters that listen to this show on at the same time. That's there right. You go. That's right. So, uh, guys, we, you know, Dwayne, we heard you weigh in on uh, on on threshold. Uh, what did both of you think about the state of the Green Lantern Union episode? I don't think we've heard either of you specifically on those that specific topic. Um, well, uh, Dwayne, you go. I got nothing to say. Oh. <laughs> well, that sums it up nicely. <laughs> I'm still out of here. Um, well, for me, I think they're they need to decide what they want Green Lantern to be, and it just seems like they keep circling around the lanterns fighting other lanterns, and that gets boring way too quickly. They need to develop the rogues gallery. They, I can't even think of anyone they fight other than evil guardians and other lanterns. I mean, they have Relic, which, I mean, I thought when he was being introduced, he was going to be more like a, a Galactus-type Omega threat out there in space where every once in a while he'd come across, and it would take all the lanterns to take him down. But now he's like some passive-aggressive scientist guy who sort of was a threat, but only to the Lanterns. They need they need something out there that is scary to the entire cosmos, something out there. They need, like, an Annihilist. They need a Thanos. They need a Galactus. They need something out there to make their fights out there interesting. If it's just them fighting each other, that's the same story we've been hearing since the, the, the other cores have been introduced. They need something new to do out there, and... I know you guys like Green Lanterns on Earth, but I'm more, I like my space cops in space. So, I mean, if they want to come by Earth every once in a while, because, I mean, you want to have Hal Jordan in Justice League and he wants to be there, because apparently DC doesn't care about continuity anymore, so you can have him on Earth and still have him in space at the same time, that's fine. But for Green Lantern, their stuff should be in the deep, dark places of space, dealing with some heavy stuff that would scare the people on Earth. They need to have serious threats and be a serious thing. Right now, they're just playing around like friends in their front yard pretending to have lightsabers and stuff. They need real threats and they need to be taken seriously. They need less books. I don't think we need, what do we have, like four or five books? We shouldn't have more than, I'd say, two, maybe three books. Give us Green Lantern, a core book, and maybe one book with the other ones in there mixed in anthology style because really there's no one core that needs a book either. Maybe they've been pushing Sinestro kind of, but his is just kind of another version of a Green Lantern book. 
So I don't think they need a book. So if they if they thinned it down, built the audience there, it would be better in the long run. That's just my two cents. Funny you should mention lightsabers because I was gonna. I was thinking like you basically just described why someone wouldn't like Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Star Wars is only one movie for two hours. It's not. It doesn't come out every week like that. I've been watching the Clone Wars show and that stuff because they're going around their universe dealing with all sorts of different threats. If it was just every episode of Clone Wars was, here's some Jedi fighting some Siths. Here's some Jedi fighting this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for the first maybe four or five episodes, but episode nine, I'm not going to care anymore because I know they're gonna, the Jedi are going to win. You need to have different threats. I mean, you always know the good guys are going to win in the end because that's how these books and movies, TV shows always work, but you want different, you want variety, and they need to do more. You just keep doing the same things. People get bored with it. You need to, you need variety in life. Man. It's like it's like you're dating Green Lantern. If you keep, keep dating Green Lantern and they're always taking you out to the Olive Garden and to a movie every Friday night, you're going to get bored. you got to change it up. Go to Outback or something. Go catch a play. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. Go grab some toys. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Go some role play, a little slap, a little tickle, whatever. They can make constructs. They don't need to go buy anything. <laughs> That's a very special Green Lantern issue. We have not seen yet. But you know what? Internet, I know you're out there listening. I bet you it's out there somewhere. Someone has drawn this. It has to. That's rule, rule 34. Rule 34. Once yes. we mentioned it, it's already out there. There's, there's a website and probably a magazine, and there's some sick guy in Japan working on an animated short. Uh, and I'm going to go look for it right now. So I'm going to mute my mic. I'm going to go look for it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, really, tomorrow. We'll see him like in three years. I found it. <laughs> I found it. Hell, by that point, I would have made it. Yeah. You're a writer. <laughs> yeah, true. I thought I could whip. I could whip up something dirty, Greenlander. That's what we wanted. You we can whip it out. That's right. what he's saying. <laughs> that already exists. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm a wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lightsmith. I'm a wordsmith. Oh, uh, uh, where do we go from here? Um... <laughs> oh Jesus. We've uh, been from relic to con- energy construct sex toys. <laughs> Uh, Merry Christmas, well, America. Merry Christmas. It's really the only logical step to <laughs> yeah, go from, from It's from point A to Z. It's so natural. <laughs> you, you know how I'm certain that that stuff exists? Because Aya existed. Oh, Aya. What? Aya. Aya. Oh, Aya. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that she exists kind of make, kind of just makes it a pre, uh, pre-gone conclusion that the Route 34 stuff exists out there. That's true. There is... Moving on. Uh, <laughs> don't don't soil Aya like that. Christmas. Christmas. Oh, wait, there it is. I found it. Christmas episode, guys. Christmas. <laughs> we'll save this hey, for the hey, Valentine's this episode. Born somehow, right? <laughs> this, this, Anyways. Uh, so, uh, now, I, I, I mean, I'm going to argue with you because I can. Uh, and it's sure, hard to so fuck off. Uh, no, <laughs> no, Christmas um, episode. <laughs> like I, I understand if people don't agree with because you know Mark is kind of with me on this point, but n- he's not as passionate about it as I am about Hal being on Earth. So when it comes to people arguing against it, saying that you know uh, I don't know about lanterns on Earth, I would prefer lanterns in space doing the lantern thing. I'm not against that. I'm, in fact, saying that John and Guy and Kyle and everybody should be in space. That's the whole point of a Green Lantern. And the and Hal should be on Earth slash Sector 2814. That's the whole reason the whole damn story started. 
The whole whole thing started with Green Lanterns assigned to a sector, and then they got sector partners, and the whole thing went from there. But they protected their planet of origin and the sector of space within that, 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 uh, that they were assigned, that their planet of origin was in. So, yes, they were doing space stuff, but they were also on Earth. Hal's also a founding member of the Justice League. Hal has his brother and his uh, sister-in-law and his niece and nephew. Hal has a rogues gallery that was built up for him in the 60s. Sonar, the shark, Goldface, all that other stuff. So on and so forth. So, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that we should put all lanterns on Earth and let's just focus here. I'm just saying that as it stands right now, none of the lanterns are on Earth. But wasn't Simon Baz on Earth? Not anymore. And, I was like, he and, was. And even then, he wasn't appearing in any title that any of us Lantern fans gave a shit about. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I guess I just look at it as, as a writer. If I'm writing these stories, and I'm writing, trying to write Hal Jordan on Earth, fighting whatever, there's nothing that he could fight that wouldn't involve Superman and all these other characters. I want my Green Lanterns to be the star. If Superman shows up, Green Lantern is now second fiddle in his own book. And I don't, I don't want to see other people coming in taking a spotlight from Green Lantern. And if you're saying, okay, he's supposed to be on, other, is on Earth protecting a sector, how many thousands and thousands of planets are in the sector? If he's going to stop by Earth, it would be like one issue a year if he's, if he's doing his due diligence as a space cop patrolling his route. He wouldn't show up on Earth more than once a year. No. Just... Because they had stories like that all the time of, uh, of, of him going off and – Protecting, you know, some primitive people from a f- race of flying yellow pterodactyls and shit. Like, it's not like there, there. Yes, there are a, a bunch of other planets in his sector, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bunch of planets like Earth, you know, populated by that. And and as far as as far as a uh, Superman coming down and, and stealing the spotlight in the book, that's like saying that you know that first of all, that's assuming that Superman is more powerful or better than Green Lantern. And that's not necessarily the case. Well, no, I'm not talking. I'm talking in the popular culture. Superman is a bigger draw than Green Lantern. If, he sh- if you put the two characters on a cover, people are going, oh, hey, that's Superman and Green Lantern. Only Green Lantern fans will say, oh, that's Green Lantern and Superman. He's going to be second billing to the, anyone who walks by who has never picked up the book before will buy it because of Superman being there and expecting a Superman story that Green Lantern happens to be in. That may be true, but what I'm saying is if 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 it happens if superman or something like that shows up in the title that's not you know uh counterintuitive to a good story that's just an opportunity to, to showcase why green lantern's a badass mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'm not saying i mean i'm not saying that a a a you know a certain creative team or whatever might falter if something like that happens i'm saying you have the right creative team with the right idea in mind it can work because it has worked a billion times in the past every time that green lantern sales have started floundering it's because green lantern has been stuck out in space now it may not be it, it may not just be because he's in space but it's like it's tangentially related like the, the stuff that happened in the 60s, they stuck Hal out in space for a little while and they had him doing the whole ace, you know, the stuff with him and Carol and, and all of that. But he was starting to go off into space and more because that was the whole idea of this. It was a, uh, you know, a, what's the he was a, a, a related to some character. Uh, what, what was 
No, no. What was Hal called? Like he was, uh, you know, the devil, the, the daredevil terror, te- uh, uh, test pilot. He was a, was it Chuck Yeager? I mean, like what, what was he? Yeah. He, he was, was, he was styled after Chuck Yeager. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So that's what I'm saying. Like he's the Chuck Yeager of space, you know, and they kept, they kept highlighting that they, they, they kept highlighting that, but then they get to the point where they were doing it too much and the stories got stagnant and boring and they, they stopped, they stopped messing with it. But mm-hmm. Then the seventies happen, and they're like, "Well, let's let's refresh it." So they bring back back mm. Hal down to Earth, and then Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams do their thing for a little while. Neil Adams leaves, Denny okay. stays with it. They and everything everything goes from from there, and then you get the eighties where it's all spacey and stuff like that. And then nineties happens, and we get those couple of things where Hal comes again back down to Earth and goes, "I've had my head up in the clouds too long." I need to come back here and, 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 you know, kind of refocus myself as a, as a man, because just me personally being into like philosophy and stuff like that, doesn't it do something to a human to not be on its planet of origin, interacting with other humans? Like, you know, it's, it's, it needs, it needs Mm, to happen. I'm not saying that we can't have Hal in space ever again. I'm not saying that from now on Hal needs to be on Earth and in Sector 2814. I'm saying that as a Green Lantern fan, I have seen the cyclical nature pattern, and it's time to bring Hal back down to Earth to refocus, to refresh, to re-get a sense of who he is and where his ties are, and then send him back out to do his thing if that's what you want to do. And I don't mean, like, just for a six-issue storyline. I mean, he needs to be back down here for a little while. No, but aren't we getting that with him being in Justice League? Isn't aren't these stories on Earth with him dealing with things on Earth? Isn't that what you're asking for? Well, you're talking about Dark Side War. Which, in general, in just most of Justice League stories happen to take place on Earth. He is in the Justice League, so he shows up in those issues. He showed up with Power Ring or whatever, and those are stories on Earth. Couldn't I say? Can I say? Okay, you want your Hal Jordan on Earth? He's part of Justice League, always dealing with their stuff all the time. Can we also have the Hal Jordan? only in space in the Green Lantern book? I mean, or is that, are you saying that even in the Green Lantern book, he needs to be on Earth in the Green Lantern main book more than not? That's what I'm saying, because with Justice League, it's great. Yes, I, I, I enjoy seeing Hal on Earth interacting with the League in which he helped found. However, when you have Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, you know, Cyborg, and all these others playing along with whatever major threat is happening, like fucking dark side and the anti-monitor, mm-hmm. <laughs> then there's no, there's no real, yes, a really good writer could do it. There's no, there's no real character moments there. Like I'm talking about, give us a chance to focus on this one character and who he is in the world that surrounds him. You know, that's what I'm saying is we haven't seen the supporting. Like, where's, where's Carol? Like where's where's Tom? Where's she's just, well, Carol's in love with Kyle. Duh, that's where she is now. No, she's not. She's not anywhere near <laughs> Omega Man. That, I, that's I not, know. That's what I'm saying though. Yeah. So like, where's Carol? Where's Tom? Where's uh? I mean, now I'm, I don't want to spoil anything because Mark and I haven't covered it. But obviously, you know, his brother and his sister-in-law and his niece and nephew. He's visiting them right now. But like, where's all the supporting cast? And I know Cowgirl's probably a foregone conclusion that she's no longer part of this world. But just for an example, where's Cowgirl? Where's anybody that Hal made friends with in the Air Force? Where's any co-workers he made friends with while he was on Earth? Where is his rogues gallery that was built up in the 60s and 70s? Where is, you know, A, B, C, D? You know, there was this entire world that Green Lantern inhabited before Jeff Johns and Mm -hmm. before Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams and 
or after them. I'm just saying there's there's a whole world that not only how but the Green Lantern Corps inhabited that we have completely been ripped away from because of the emotional spectrum. And I'm one of those who loves the emotional spectrum idea. And I love yeah. the focus on other lanterns, but it's it, it, like you were saying just a second ago, it's too much of it. Where mm-hmm. is the rest of the mythos that we have been had built up for us for the past 30, 40 years? And for me specifically, the stuff that I like, yes, I, as, as much as anybody else out there who's a Green Lantern fan, I love Kyle Rayner. When I read the 90s series and see him on his book, yes, I agree that Kyle, if anybody should be on Earth and having those moments, it's probably smartly Kyle because that's that was the draw of that character at that time. But for me personally, just looking back, when I think of the possible stories and the possible return to, for lack of a better term, nostalgia, for me, when I want to see a Green Lantern in that situation, I think it's Hal. I want to see Hal there in that situation again. I'm not saying we can't have him out in space. I'm not saying because they're going to they're DC is not going to stop doing crossovers ever. Of course not. No. So so have Hal on Earth and have his sector partner be be uh be Baz so we can finally give a shit about that character and have him interact with the Justice League and take care of Earth and the stuff in his space sector. Have him cross over with the other books when you guys have a stupid line-wide title crossover again. I'm just saying that his base of operations, this, this, I, I, I lack a touch point to how that I had in other stories where he was interacting more with Earth. That's what I'm saying. When it's out in space, he, I mean, you've got characters we've known for years like Kilowog and Salak and, you know, all these others. But when he interacts with John and Guy and Kyle, that you, you get them, you get something there. You get a sense of history. You get a sense of, of character building and, and past with these characters, but you can only get that sense for so long before mm. that well runs dry. And the only way to get it back is where is Hal's history? Where is it's, it's on, it's over here. It's not out here in the black. It's over here. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, ar- I'm not arguing. Well, I am arguing Dwayne cause it's funny, but I'm not like, I'm not like, Hey, shut up. You're wrong. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make my point here. <laughs> He's trying to Jedi mind trick you into believing you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, but, th- I think it comes... Okay, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, Mark. No, you could, you talk first. Okay, uh, I think there's just two things that kind of come down to. The first thing is going back to that, uh, you're talking about philosophy of the human mind sort of going wonky when it's been away from Earth so long. I think the real world example to that would be just being at sea for like say years at a time. Like once he's got to come back and put his feet on land for a while at least before mm-hmm. he can actually go back. And the other thing is, I think it's sort of tied to event fatigue. I mean, for for Green Lantern fans, uh, going out, being out in the space for so long, kind of a, uh, represents an event to us. Whereas, uh, so just all of us being tired of events, of uh, after event after event, uh, how or anyone going back to Earth and just staying there for a little while kind of represents to us the a break in that. I think, right? <clears throat> no, I, I, I can see that. It does seem like every Green Lantern book story arc has to has a title to it. Everything is Green Lantern, blah blah blah, Lost Army, this that, Lights Out, this this or whatever. We maybe we just need a good year or so of it just being Green Lantern, doing Green Lanterny stuff, and it does, and not everything has to build up to the end of the world type thing. I know 
the current economy, how it works with these books, you have to have an event and you have to lead to new number ones. It's kind of this ugly cycle we've gotten into. But I think, like you were saying, that we're just tied up. We just know every every three issues, we can't be the end of the world. It can't be this huge six-issue crossover event. We just need regular stories. I mean, even if they're on Earth or even if they're in space, we just need good, solid Green Lantern stories that don't necessarily have to tie into everything. Just let them tell their own stories. Let these writers and artists breathe a little bit and develop some story art going before we decide to collapse everything on them. It just, it's too much. Yeah, every solicit you read is, and nothing will ever, ever be the be same. This. Exactly. For, for both of them or whatever, like like, this, yeah. like today's solicit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think event fatigue is probably a good way to describe it because I don't, I don't think the, the downward spiral in the Lantern books or the continuation of that has, is because... Let's put it this way: I don't think these the sal the saving grace for that, or the to, the way to stop the bleeding, is to t- put just to put hell on earth. Not that you're saying that, but I'm saying, but I don't think that's right. going to be the cure all, you know, because if, I think if the the book continue the book and or the franchise continues to kind of float in the same direction, people are not going to like the stories anymore on Earth than they did, you know, when he was in space. But I think event fatigue. Yeah, it's not that, a cure all; it's a step in the right direction. If the stories are better, if the stories right. are not better, it's probably not any more of a step in the. I mean, it's a different direction, so yes, there's a chance that it might garner a little more interest. But I think if 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 the I don't know if the vibes around and the the aura around the book doesn't change, I don't in th- the franchise doesn't change. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think it's it's going to matter, but I think the event fatigue definitely factors in because as we know, that started happening really under John's and it, mm-hmm. and it, and it though, yes, overall the, it was a higher quality of event fatigue, but, but still, it still was, you know, painfully off of, I mean, of his peak on that book. But now, you know, like, you know, we've, we've had lights out, which was, you know, which was kind of unsatisfying Godhead, which I thought ended well, but it still was way too long. We didn't need like 18 issues of Godhead <clears throat> to get that story. But, and even now it's like, I was clearly, I'm really interested in the parallax arc that we're going to get, but I'm kind of disappointed that there are, it's already seeming like it's by issue 50, it's already going to be over. <laughs> Yeah, and it hasn't even either. started. But forty-seven technically started it, if you will, because of his of his appearance in it. But it sounds like he's really not going to be a factor in it until you know maybe at bare, maybe by the end of issue forty-nine, and then fifty is a double size issue. So it seems like it's going to be a pretty one-off thing. When I at least well, unless they they throw us a curve and it, and it, you know kind of resolves in a way that you know he's not necessarily gone. But I was really looking forward to that. I'm still looking forward to it. You know that and. You know the at least a lot of teasing about things related to the old DC universe, which are kind of leading people to think maybe they're gonna, maybe there's gonna be some shaking up. You know, uh, but I don't know. I I'm hoping that things on Earth will be better. We're gonna find out relatively soon because until the core comes back, we know Hal's probably gonna be mostly on Earth, <laughs> mm-hmm. unless he has to go deal with you know, unless he has to go deal with this you know what's going on with Sinestro, which could, which could end up being something that happens after issue 50 because clearly what we've already seen parallax and sinestro yeah. are going to be in a collision course so to see how hal's going to you know factor into that well we already we already know he's going back into space after after 50 because that's 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 essentially what what uh venditti let slip on twitter when he was like x number of pages of hal still on earth and that basically leads us up till the end of issue 50 
So whatever whatever the big reveal is happening in fifty, it's it's a threat big enough to go. All right, uh, time to go back to work, kind of a thing. So we'll see. Uh, I'm still looking forward to the next few issues. We'll see where you know. We'll see what happens after they get rid of Parallax. To me, anyway, it's going to be anticlimactic. But I'm going to enjoy the ride as long as it lasts. <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm just glad Convergence was was good enough to have given us a version of Parallax like this that can still be still be around, <laughs> at least on occasion somewhere. So you well, maybe, believe that this it'll be anticlimactic, so it won't reach a parallax. <laughs> it won't reach know. a climax. <laughs> uh, it's going to be. I I have no idea how they're going to resolve. I mean, it depends. I think a lot of it depends on how long parallax is going to be in the Telos book, since we also can probably assume the Telos book, based on sales, won't be lasting indefinitely either. But since we know parallax at least is going to be in two, be a major player in at least two issues of Telos and. That alliance that they were alluded to could could be interesting. I don't know. I just hope that whatever they do with Parallax, that he's still going to be around, even if he's not around for, even if he's off the table, you know, whatever. Once it's resolved in Green Lantern and in Telos, even if he's off the table for a while, you have to think they must have some kind of plan for him since they clearly sent him back to help save, you know, everything in Crisis on Infinite Earths and had him survive that. You would think they're not going to be stupid enough to kill him off again anytime soon. But then again... <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Never underestimate them. I know that's 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 kind of true. What else is everybody reading? Oh jeez, I'm reading. Well, like DC wise, or just in general. Just in general. In general, um, been reading Autumn Lands by Busiek and uh, Benjamin Dewey, Jordy Blair. That's really good. That's a trippy anthropomorphic animal magic-y Harry Pottery type weird book going on. That's just crazy. But then again, I buy anything Busiek right, so I'm digging it. That in Astro City, I get that every month. Mm. Yes, if you have not read Astro City, Lanterncast listeners, you are definitely missing out. the The greatest superhero series I've ever read in my life. If I could only read one series for the rest of my life, including Green Lantern, and I love me some Green Lantern. Astro City would be the only book I'd pick up every month. It's, it is the best thing I've ever written, I've ever read in my life. That's one humble man's opinion. It's a ringing endorsement. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I don't know about currently because basically everything I pick up, I pick up digitally. Um, mm. But uh, let's see. Tokyo Ghost uh, with uh, Sean Gordon Murphy on the art. I uh, don't know the writer off the top of my head. But I've become a Sean Gordon Murphy apologist basically ever since Punk Rock Jesus. <laughs> so no, he's um, talented. There's nothing to apologize about. Yeah, everything. Everybody he draws looks the same in terms of guys, but it, and I, I I I recognize that. But I don't know for whatever reason I I enjoy his work. Uh, let's see. There's a book out now. It's yeah, it's probably wrapped up. Cognetic. Uh, I don't think I've heard of that one. Cognetic. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's kind of like. Uh, ancient telepathic brotherhood of viruses that have been on earth forever and you know every major earth disaster is one of them kind of cropping up and doing their thing and this one of them shows up in new york and it's psychically influencing all of new york uh who's that who's that from uh i 
don't know. It's Boom Studios, I think. Actually, let me just mute my mic. It's five feet away from me, so let me mute my mic for two seconds. I'm trying to think of what else I'm reading. Those are the ones that stick out my head. I haven't had a lot of time to read lately. I've been doing a lot. I've been doing more writing than reading lately, so I haven't had time to read too much. That's probably more important in the big picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 more fun. I, there's there's a couple projects I'm working on. One one script I just turned in. I'm waiting to hear back from the company for, and then another project I'm doing with some friends that we're building up to. It's going to be pretty massive, so that's kind of fun to do. It's always fun to it's always fun to make universes and then you know all that kind of stuff. Get to play in the playground for a while. Okay, let's see. Cognetic is from Boom Studios. Uh, it's uh, let's see here. Uh, written by James Tinian and illustrated by Eric Donovan. Oh, James, oh uh, Tinian the Fourth, the guy who's doing the what, Batman Eternal or whatever. That guy from does DC work? Yeah. Oh, right on. He's a good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's only a three-issue mini. Issue three might already be out. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just haven't been to the comic book store in a little bit. Um, and the guy writing uh, Tokyo Ghost is Rick Remender, actually. Oh, can't go wrong with Remender. And let's see, what else have I been reading? Looks like uh, from Black Mask Comics, The Disciples. Uh, that's by, let's see... Steve Niles and Christopher Mitten. Yep. Okay. Uh, Of course, I was reading, this is sort of old, but the Bill and Ted's Most Triumphant Return comic series. That's awesome. (laughs) I heard that was coming. I want to check it out. It just totally fell under my radar. Is it any good? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, That's Brian Lynch and Jerry Gaylord and Whitney Kogar. Cougar? Kogar? And then I just finished reading uh, Ufology by From Boom. That's another Tinian thing uh, oh, cool. with uh, also Noah J. Yunkel and art by Matthew Fox. So that's, yeah. that was cool. And just for anybody out there, I, was, I, <laughs> I don't talk about it as much on the Lantern cast just because it's not relevant to the Lantern cast. But everybody, of course, knows who's listened for a while that I do a blog about Ragman that's been on the air, uh, been on uh, the internet for a long time. Just mm-hmm. did an interview with Sholly Fish, the guy who writes the like Scooby Doo Team Up and Teen Titans Go comics, th- those sort of comics from DC. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And there was a, an issue of Scooby Doo Team Up out for Halloween number thirteen that had the Spectre, Dead Man, and the Phantom Stranger in it. Oh wow, that's <laughs> kind of cool. Which was pretty freaking amazing. Uh, so I interviewed Sholly talking about his work on. Uh, Bat, the Batman, or, or Batman the Brave and the Bold, number 14, where uh, he had Ragman have a Hanukkah special and everything, so that was pretty cool. So Shotley does some pretty interesting work. So, yeah. yeah, The Bill and Ted yeah, comic cool. is probably going to really help the, uh, the third movie get some traction. Well, I hope so. Alex Winter keeps pushing it. Yeah. Well, what else is he doing on us? <laughs> oh, he's mostly a producer nowadays. Yeah, yeah so. I saw him posting on Facebook today some uh, pictures he had from his time on the set of Lost Boys. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. That's it. I'll be there opening night for Bill and Ted 3. I mean, Bill and Ted 2 was not a great movie, but I love the idea. Hey. Of it. It's just ridiculous. You may be a king or a little sweet street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance <laughs> with the reaper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That, and then but, when I found out that that guy was, um, uh, i trying to remember the character's name, um, but he was the head of Section 31 in, in Star Trek. Hmm. Uh, anyone? No. Mm-hmm. 
not the, not the biggest Star Trek fan. Okay, yeah, I can't remember if the actor's name is William Sadler or was that the character? Oh, William, William Sadler's the actor. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he lives around here, my area. See him at the, uh, see him at the movie theater all the time, actually. Down on the screen or in the seats? No, in the seats. He 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 go. Yeah, he he's in uh, Hudson Valley in upstate New York. So he he okay. comes our our theater must technically be his local theater. So he yeah, I've seen him multiple times. You know, we chit chat, and he, and, he, and he I'm friends with the manager of the theater, and obviously he's friends because he did a sign. I think he did. I think he did an autograph signing when our. Uh, I think it was around when Iron Man three might have been coming out since he played the president in Iron Man three. So I think I think they had a he worked out with his with his agent to do like a signing at the theater and stuff. So it's a pretty he's a pretty cool guy. I know it's a tangent, but go ahead, we can steer it back now. <laughs> Dad, you're not reading anything, right? Uh, no, no. Like I just finished college, and the last year was just insane. So I've, I'm like, I think the last episode of I've listened to last Lantern Cast was from July of 2014. Jesus. <laughs> uh, you can just skip all. You can just skip all the stuff in the middle. It really wasn't that good. I was there. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll make you a highlight reel. Okay, yeah, yeah. everybody, uh, uh, go to iTunes and search out the Final Issue Podcast. Leave a one star review <laughs> for that uh, podcast while you're there, and uh, we'll be square. <laughs> with the commentary these guys suck <laughs> call, them, call them sexist racist whatever you want to call, exactly. call them whatever anti-semitic they're whatever they are uh, puppy kickers they're puppy we are, kickers we are pro-isis pro-nazi whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, 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 be calling, don't be calling me pro-isis yeah. Buzzwords, yeah. guys. Buzzwords. Like, I, I'll get in trouble. I can get in serious trouble for that. <laughs> Buzzwords. Uh, anyways, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, oh, uh, 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 Jerry Conway is on a Carnage title right now over at Marvel. Oh, um, great. That's awesome. Uh, typically, when they do a Carnage type book in the recent memory, it hasn't been very good. Uh, but that Carnage title is actually really, really well done. Um, and what did they? They just started releasing that uh, Batman TMNT crossover. Oh yeah, number one just came out last week. Yeah. Yeah, with I think it was Freddie Williams is doing the art. Yeah, that's that's a good get. Yeah, so that was act. The first issue was actually pretty good. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I think it might be because of the bat the 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 Green Lantern Star Trek thing. Like the IDW got to handle the Green Lantern Star Trek side of things. And now DC is getting to handle the Batman TMNT. Like that might have been a, a, a deal they had. Like you do this, we'll do this. Oh, maybe. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. So that's cool. Mark, what are you reading? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Other than other than other than the Lantern books, what the hell am I reading right now? There really isn't any. I added Telos for obvious reasons, just so I would be up to snuff when the really important stuff to me <laughs> happens. But uh, there's nothing. There's I don't think there's anything else I'm reading right now than, than Lantern books. It's just there's not there's. Oh, but I, but I will be reading even though I can't guarantee I'm going to stick with it because it's still going to be a different universe than I'm used to. But I am, but I am going to start reading Rom as soon, in the Micronauts once they start those when IDW starts those. Well, right on. Yeah. I have too much. I have so many fond memories of both those books from when they were when I was a kid when they first were out that I definitely. It's just too bad. It's just too bad Marvel couldn't at least gotten the rights back to Rom. 
I mean, you could make a case maybe the Micronauts would have been more relevant since they they were a lot more. But mm. the whole universe that they created around Rom and everything, I wish I kind of it kind of seems weird that they couldn't whatever whatever they needed to pay to get that back. It seems like it really couldn't have been that much if IDW got it back. But yeah, no, seriously. But maybe it's because ID and they both have connections with Hasbro too, so it can't even be you know IDW's got an end that Marvel doesn't so there's got to be there's something odd about that I mean the Micronauts have been flo- they've floated around a couple of times you know with and obviously Marvel still retains like the rights to bug and characters they literally created out of the blue but you know I Rom they did such a good job with Rom he was such a good character and they, and they integrated him so well and slowly they just, something that would probably never happen today that it, it probably took like it took so long for them to actually interact with with uh, major uh, Marvel characters, I mean, it took almost a full year, I think, since and even that was Jack of Hearts, and that was even a, that was like a minor character. And then finally, they had their X Men crossover, like in issues like seventeen and eighteen. But I loved Rom; he was an awesome character, so I'm going to be willing to give it a shot and see uh, see what they do with it again. Hey, um, do you any of you guys listen to the Fat Man on Batman podcast? Yeah. I do not. Oh, uh, the, the episode that just came out, they had Andrew Kreisberg on it. And he was talking about, you know, this is his career and all this kind of stuff, getting to the point where he's working on Arrow and Flash, all that jazz. He told a pretty interesting story about the Green Lantern movie and, like, how, I guess, the original script that was, like, they, I guess that Berlanti and Guggenheim or whatever and him they first wrote is that it's supposed to be so different from the movie that was actually got made there. He was talking about how Guy Gardner was in it. You see, you see Alan Scott, Clark Kent had a cameo. And I guess like one of the big end things of the movie was like, I guess Carol had a ring or some jazz like that where Carol and Hal are falling out of the sky. They're going to die. And somehow love sparks. They the ring or something. The, yeah. Yeah. Their love or something really like gives him hope or will or whatever. And it sparks his ring and helps him save the day and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, said so like ninety percent of what they wrote for that first script that they all that they all liked that I guess was what the studio agreed on got thrown out the window as they started making it. The studio got more and more involved. Like I want to go look. I, it's got to be out there. The script has to exist somewhere. I would love to read it just to see what could have been because it sounds like they were involving three or four different lanterns. They were dropping Gotham and Metropolis hints in there. They were like trying to build the DC cinematic universe in that movie, and then they just had them cut like all of it out. It's like so disappointing. I actually I, somewhere I have to look for it because I know somewhere I I did download that script. I think it was, I think okay. that's the that's the version that you because Alan Scott I think was kind of like the, almost like the narrator that you didn't yeah, realize like you that, didn't realize yeah. you didn't realize it till the end. But you were, but at the end I think uh, that you realize that it's out that it's Alan Scott who who's the narrator and that's when Legion was the bad guy and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I I'll, I'll look for it for you because I know I def I definitely did save it the question is whether i still have it and the odds are i do it's just a matter of looking around <laughs> find it uh, and then um just as we're bouncing around tangentially did you hear about rom and the hasbro movie universe thing yeah i did hear about that the micronauts that's great I, I can't gi joe and all these different things yeah are... mass gi joe transformers rom micronauts and one other thing are a shared universe I just want to see how that happens. That's going to be so much Michael Bay having shit blow up. I can't wait to see how bad it is. Oh yeah, just Dude, look at the new Star. Look at the new Star Trek trailer. That'll probably tell you how bad it'll be. 
It's going to be... It, it, we are living in a golden age of half-ass ideas and <laughs> shitty movies, guys. <laughs> That's going to be so hard to get off the ground, though, because because you, you, you need to have, like, a couple of... I mean, Transformers cuts you some slack in it, so I guess that's the most logical in. And I guess G.I. Joe kind of too, because both those... G.I. Joe makes... Hey, that, those movies turn profits. Yeah, that's so those... Are, that's, that's, the way, that's the way to introduce the other. Uh, and so... So I guess there are, there are ways to slowly introduce these characters and then probably have maybe team-ups before... But if they just try to do too many solo movies like with these characters. And the Micronauts is going to be interesting, again, because, you know... Obviously, some of the characters, some of the characters belong to Marvel, even though most of the, I think, the diehard characters, like the Acroyer and things like that, should really just be go with the license because they really are part of the original Keyboard, line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that could be interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of unfortunate, though. You know, with Ant Man, you kind of thought that the microverse is where they were going to explore. Though, of course, they don't you have to they... call it the microverse, and that's how they're probably going to yeah. work around it. But yeah, they're going to do that. They'll. Do... Just give it a name so they don't have to pay ro- pay royalties or whoever to, whoever came up with it. Try to save a buck or two. Yeah. I feel like named it in the movie. Yeah, they so did. What they what did it, they call it? You're right. They did. They did. They did call uh, it something else. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was like in the Fantastic Four movie when they wouldn't call it the Negative Zone, that type of thing. Yeah. Call it Planet X. I don't understand that shit. Why not just call it what it is? Like for, that. For that is some studio heads. Like that name's stupid. Only dorks will like it. We need to come up with a cooler name. Some dorks think they know what they're talking about. Who That's, the hell is gonna stand up in the theater and be like, no, yeah. no, bad, I quit. Especially that, that movie. At that point, <laughs> that thing is named Negative Zone, and I am completely taken out of this movie. <laughs> exactly. That is ridiculous. That guy can light on fire, fine, but a Negative Zone? What the hell, people? We have to have lines somewhere. <laughs> a movie, so. a movie that doesn't, that really only has like two acts, and has no, yeah. and the ending happens in ten minutes. But I can't handle this Negative Zone crap. I'm exactly. out. You can just see that's the thing. As we these movies keep getting made, you can see the studios that think they know better, and then there are studios are like, you know what? Just trust the damn source material, and just let it roll. And it's just yeah, too many times guys who think they know what's best fuck things up. I just hope the Gambit movie doesn't suck. Oh, there's no way it doesn't suck. Come on now. Hey. That's that's why he said he's hoping. He's not saying. You can likely. hope, yeah. I mean, do we? Who, who's writing it? Do we know that yet? I don't even know. They still are holding on to that stupid October sixteenth uh, release yeah, date. Yeah, they should just push that back. Cause October it's October twenty sixteen. It's like um, you guys just found a director that's finally sticking to the whole damn thing. So how about how about new? No? <laughs> Maybe they're gonna do an end of an. They're going to do an innovative live movie experience. When you're in the theater, they're still going to be shooting that shit as you're watching it. That's how it's going to be. And you can, like, vote, and if they're going to change it, what, you guys want them to go left? Okay, it's a choose-your-adventure movie. We'll do that. Channing Tatum will actually come into your theater. <laughs> Just give me give, – give Marvel back all its fucking rights so I can get a good Gambit movie, a good uh, uh, Firestar movie, a good um, – uh, what else? Uh, a good fucking Spidey Venom movie, like not not Spider-Man three, which 
hurts my very soul, but <laughs> a, a good Spidey Venom story where Venom is the main bad guy, and if there's a tangential bad guy, fine, but give me that... Because you have... Guys, for real, <laughs> do you have any idea how good a dark Spider-Man movie will be? I mean, I know that we that's the main complaint that we have for the DC movies, that they're all too dark, but like every now and then... You know, just bring the character down a moment. You know, like, do you have any idea how good a. I don't mean visually, but just like a tonally dark movie, a Venom Spidey movie could be? I just adapted the the Venom saga from the 94 series. Like, that, like, just take that story and put it into a movie form, and that would just be great. Exactly. How have they not done Craven's Last Hunt? How dark and trippy would that be? Come on. Or uh, graphic, graphic Audio did uh, Craven's Last Hunt. Oh, I'd be cool. I'll have to check that one out. I love Graphic Audio. Yeah, Graphic Audio did Craven's Last Hunt, uh, and it is available for download. I think there are there were rumors that Craven could be the bad guy in I think in uh mm. In, in the Marvel, yeah, in the new one. So, and the reality, the Marvel, Sony, yeah, the more the the more the was the Marvel produced Sony movie. But yeah. the odds are now the Marvel's going to be having so much input. The odds are you will see Venom at some point again. Uh, but again, they have at this stage, unfortunately, because of all the missteps at the end of at the end of the Raimi trilogy, and then you know in the what the uh, web, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> movies that they have to be really. The problem is. Because of how bad that turned out, uh, that uh, especially the the reboot that they kind of I mean they've they ru- kind of ruined Green Goblin for the foreseeable future. You can't really go back to him for a while, a long time now because of the way they screwed it up. And they, so that could be another reason why they might avoid Venom short term because again it's going to be if you you can't can only go to the well so many times. And if people are already even though people I think are more optimistic now about Marvel getting you know having an input and because of their track record, but mm-hmm. going back to the same villains again, you know that's going to make people like eh. So I think that, that doesn't really count as Venom. That I know, shit. but that, again, that but that's like kind of like what Dwayne said. This is this isn't this is an example of 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 uh, producers and people kind of just enforcing their own crap. Yeah. Though I can understand, to be fair, on the other side, I can understand why they didn't want to go with the Vulture, which is who you know Raimi really wanted to do in the third movie, I yeah, think. or or the fourth <laughs> movie. He, he, I think he wanted to do him in the third, and he kind of got, but he definitely wanted to do him in the fourth, and I think that kind of led to the breakup, if you will, because they, he really wanted. To, I can understand because the Vulture is not a thrilling villain. Doesn't mean yeah, you can't they, do, doesn't mean you can't do a good job with him, but he's not mm-hmm. with all of Spider-Man's countless foes to, to throw out there. The Vulture has always been kind of a lame one. No one wants to see a teenager beat up someone's grandpa for yeah. 90 minutes. It's <laughs> I mean, just going to be weird. Yeah, even if it was, like, the idea that they were supposedly going with, like, Malkovich being, you know, but but still, it's like... Ooh. Yeah, yeah Malkovich, yeah, he was the one, yeah. Yeah, weren't they? And they were, and they were talking about, uh, not, not that I'm her biggest fan either, but they were talking about, now I'm drawing a blank, which is a... And I think I think they were talking about Anne Hathaway in that movie before she did the bat before she did. Yeah, she was she was gonna be black, black cat, cat yeah. right? Yeah, so she obviously didn't really her role really wouldn't have changed much, but she's even less <laughs> black cat than I think she was Catwoman. Yeah, that's what that was what the rumored casting was at least what uh what Raimi wanted. So I kind of think that, but the Spider Man the good thing about Spider Man he's got so many villains and they got so many different ways to go, but I I I think you'll see Venom again. I just feel bad that we never really got a really 
even though uh, William Defoe pretty did a pretty good job, I think, being Norman Osborn, much better than you know Chris Cooper. Or, but that, that's the way they wrote Chris Cooper. They didn't give him much to work with. You assumed yeah, right. he was, you know, you were going to see more of Norman because I think you were supposed to originally see his his head like on ice or something at the end of the second it movie. It was there. Was it still there? I yeah, thought, like I when they're was... walking through the vault, it's like it's uh, it's in a like like Futurama jar. Okay, I I thought that was. I've I've never I've already seen it once and I don't ha- I never got the Blu-ray yet of it. One day I would, when it, I want to, but I only saw a lot at one time I think in the in the theater. Yeah, they they Walt Disney'd him, um, which they didn't actually happen because if you read the biopic. But um, going back to Raimi, he actually uh, I think it was last year or if it was a few a few months ago he was on Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast and he uh, like that just got brought up randomly and he actually addressed what. What in his mind? Why that turned into a train wreck? What did he say? Uh, ultimately, he's basically like Spider-Man Two was a way bigger success than they were uh, they were anticipating. So then he felt like he had to top it. And then the Venom, I think Venom was actually forced on him by the studio. It was. He didn't, yeah. He didn't want. He didn't want. He didn't want Venom. Yeah. So trying to like reconcile the movie he wanted and the one the studio wanted uh, gave us that. And I think that lots of bad taste in his mouth, which obviously didn't help when they were trying to interfere once again when he was coming up with what he thought you know the fourth, the fourth movie should be. But yeah, I yeah. think everything is what Avi Arad or whatever you pronounce his name. I think that he's the one who forced. If if the rumors are to be believed, that's in the back you know the backstory that he's the one who's pretty much forced him to include Venom on some level, which was... Avi Arad is probably the worst thing that's happened to Spider-Man in a long time, because it was also... Avi Arad was also the reason why the the 90s Spider-Man cartoon ended when at its, at its uh, highest ratings ever. Because yeah. he, he got into a dispute with one, one of the Sony execs, or Sony or Fox execs, and that's why that show just ended without an actual conclusion. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, goes back to, go, again. Goes back goes back to your point, and even though about interference and un, sadly, as we look at the Green Lantern script, I mean, we know probably what really hurt it was not necessarily just him him alone, but we figured John's coming on would help the movie, but I don't think it really did. <laughs> I think I think they, I mean, I, I didn't have an issue with them switching the villain from Legion to somebody. I mean, making. It even being Parallax would have been okay if they had kind of given you a much better version of Parallax. Well, they would give us a version, any yeah. version we would have recognized in any other form. Yeah, that's true too. And if you're going to use Krona as a host, at least you have to give, you have to at least name him and give him. I know they gave you a kind of a half-assed origin of of, of Krona, but they just, it just, you have, they needed an explanation for more than they did. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Legion was always, I mean, Legion's kind of a lame villain because he does, he, he really hasn't, he has. Other than what uh, his appearance in uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, miniseries when they, with the Green Lantern miniseries, that uh, there was no real, there was you know there wasn't any he has no long standing history really so it made sense they would want to go with a bigger villain, uh, and depending, yeah. and if they didn't want if they wanted to do Sinestro as a good guy first to make him go bad that I guess that's that especially now in the Johns era where that's such an important part of the lore. Then mm-hmm. I guess that I can understand that, but Sinestro is such a. It all depends what your vision was of the, of the movie. If you ever, if you of the series, I would say, if you saw it as a franchise, if you were really planning on doing Hal as Parallax at some point, then it kind of was pointless to see Sinestro turn bad too, because you were going to see it with Hal. You could have well, just I mean, had Sinestro city, be bad the, and, and find out, you know, via f- flashbacks and discussions of, of when Sinestro wasn't. But 
Yeah, the most frustrating thing to me about that movie was how good the animated Green Lantern movie, I think it was called First Flight or whatever. It was like training day in space type thing with, you know, Sinestro being the hard-ass cop and Jordan was just being trained by him, seeing how evil he was. That was like, that was the Green Lantern movie I wanted to see. They could have done that. Instead of all the nonsense we got that they ended up making, they could have done that live action. I think it would have done so much better. It was so much more a smaller scope movie in space that it would have, it would have done better in my opinion. I agree. And they didn't need to have Hal being as self as lacking as much confidence as they had him. That was, that was, I understand the kind of all, you know, the altering of the green lantern idea that instead of being fearless, that you're the ability to overcome fear. I don't have a big issue with that change because it does make sense because it's not that realistic that you're going to find that many people that truly have absolutely no fear in them at all. But, yeah. but that being those said, are, those, are, those are sociopaths. So. <laughs> yes, yes. But I mean, Sinestro, yeah, Sinestro might qualify, but you know, but most people won't fit that bill. But the reality, but the reality is to have Hal be so wishy-washy, and it's like that's not Hal, and that's, and I don't necessarily blame Ryan Reynolds. It's again, it's the way he was written, or the way he was it was rewritten, maybe. So. All right. Well, we need to wrap up because this is going to be a really long episode if we don't. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, it, what are you guys doing for Christmas before we wrap up? Uh, I'm probably going to be working. <laughs> I got two family parties. I we, we both my families do stuff Christmas Eve, so it's a long Christmas Eve that doesn't that starts about three p.m. and ends about two in the morning. Mark. I will be doing Christmas Eve too. I'll be up at my mom's, but it will be it will be nowhere near as long as Dwayne since they're going to midnight mass. So I so I think there's like a three hour cap on this. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. I know my mom's up in Washington, and I'm not going to visit her until her birthday in February. So, uh, so yeah, early heads up, guys. I'll be gone for a week in February. Um, <laughs> so if there's posting issues in February, there you go. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Getting your excuses out of the way early. <laughs> probably, I don't know. I'll, they said something about a dinner at uh, Gary. It's my sister's fiance. Like they're doing a family thing on Christmas Eve, like during the day, and then at night, I guess we'll go spend the night at my dad's so that we can wake up Christmas morning there, and then they can uh, after we do Christmas morning there, we can they can go. Uh, Amber and Gary can go over to his parents' place. Because the his parents' place is literally like a couple of blocks away from from ours, so you know they could, we'll we'll be close enough for all that. So I don't know what we're doing for sure, but that's that seems like that's like the status quo plan. <laughs> I still haven't bought any presents for anybody, so <laughs> you know. I'm just... You still got plenty of time. Yeah. He's putting that out there too, like like the like the February thing. So, so if you don't get anything from me this year, now you know why. <laughs> Just make sure you stop at a gas station or a CVS on your way there. You'll be completely fine. <laughs> All right, here's guys. a pack of dentine. I love you. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by, guys. We wanted to make sure that uh, you know we got as many people on as we could. So thanks for uh, coming up last minute, and uh, y'all have a happy holiday. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holiday. All right, happy holiday. talk to you guys later.